0: Welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. Episode 15, Developing Philosophies. Well, hello and welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. I'm Chad Korg, and this is episode 15 in an ongoing series about world building. And if you haven't had a chance to take a Listen to the previous episodes, I'd encourage you to do that. We've covered a lot of ground. I'm just going to continue on today in this episode talking about what we began at the very start of the second season of the podcast, and that is building up what I call, I guess you could say, belief systems. And we talked kind of heavily initially on the religious side of things, splitting that into the monotheistic and polytheistic worldviews and and belief systems and how that can work and some different elements and ideas you might want to incorporate or take a look at or maybe even combine into your world setting. And what I'm going to be doing now is continuing on the, uh, I mentioned four concepts initially in the very first episode of the second season, and now I'll be talking about the third one in particular, which is philosophies and sharing some information that I've used myself for building worlds and also what you might find useful for how you want to incorporate that into your world setting or world settings, whatever the case might be. But before we get into that, I would be kind of doing myself a little bit of a, <laughs> a little bit remiss, I should say, if I wasn't able to uh, update you what's going on with *Trial of the Wizard King*. It is presently available now for uh, anyone to pick up. It's in bookstores and uh, online. It should be available, I believe. If not at the time of this recording, then definitely after it. Whenever you listen to it, but it should be available. Just about anywhere in the world, you can avail yourself of a digital copy. Hard copy is a trade paperback format and also an audio version as well through Audible. There is going to be a print, a CD version, a hard copy, if you will, of the digital, as I mean, the audio as well, excuse me. I don't have a solid date in front of me at the moment here. Usually it takes a few months after the book is released till it actually comes out in the hard copy format. Um, But that should be coming in the near future if you follow the website or other information online. You should be able to avail yourself of that if that's your preferred means to getting access to it. Or you can even go to the library and uh, order it and check it out that way too. So a lot of means and ways you can kind of get access to the story if you haven't uh, been aware of it yet. This is the second book in the Wizard King trilogy. The first book, Return of the Wizard King, has been out now for... I'm going to guess right now about maybe six months, seven months by this point in time. So it's 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 getting out there. It's having some fun. It's still doing really well. So thanks for everyone for supporting that. I do appreciate that. And I've just been having a lot of fun getting out there and doing promotions and stuff for it. There is a promotional efforts underway, obviously, for the book. Uh, things are still being uh, kind of worked out with the goofy situations with all the the schedule changes and stuff that have gone on over this year with... Everything being, you know, still kind of in a minor form or major form, however you want to say it, of transition. So that's kind of been, been working its way out. But we're still doing some events. You can check out the website, chadcorey.com, and uh, take advantage of that if you want to do stuff online or just kind of get books signed and, and things like that. Also, real quick to note here, we do have the third book as well coming out just on the heels of this one. It's been kind of a very fast release schedule. That is Triumph of the Wizard King. In fact, you can pre-order that right now if that's something you're interested in. It will be coming out in August, so literally just a few months away. So it's been kind of a fast one-two release schedule, and I'm looking forward to kind of getting everything out there and uh, having people take a look and see if they uh, like the story in its entirety. So with that being said, let's transition back to the podcast and what we want to talk about today, which is philosophies. And a philosophy can be a lot of things to a lot of different people. And I'm not going to, like I said, I, I, I kind of steer away from getting into the real deep, heavy stuff of world building because, again, I don't want to bore you if it's not something of a benefit to you. And some of that stuff is specific to individuals' preferences and tastes and things. And, again, I don't know everything about everything. So I, rather than kind of take your time on stuff that isn't necessarily of your benefit, I am sticking more to the generalities of what world building is and giving you some ideas to, as I keep saying, thick in the air, making it kind of ripe with possibilities. You can kind of pluck down and incorporate into your own world building ideas or concepts, or maybe we'll generate an idea for something completely different, but it's a way that we can kind of connect and get the ball rolling on the process. So basically, a philosophy in a very general sense is a way of thinking. So if you really want to be really generic about it, you could say it could be a religion, it could be a, a, a secular belief system, it could be a scientific thing, it could be a whole host of different concepts. And philosophies over the years have gone a whole range of directions, shall we say, to put it mildly. I mean, there there's there's more broad concepts like ethics and, and general um, psychology, if you will, of the human behavior or morality. And then there's concepts of political philosophy, there's, you know, Educational philosophy, there's even botanical, like nature, natural philosophy, cosmic philosophy, I mean, there's just all sorts of different esoteric philosophies. I mean, you get all sorts of different flavors of philosophy that are really trying to focus on either a specific area of thought or maybe identity or whatever the case might be, or it could be a very raw, broad ranging concept of philosophy trying to explain the whole reality of the cosmos and why everything's here and, you know, that kind of broad stroke concept. So how you choose to incorporate this into your world setting obviously is going to be something you have to do on your own. And ultimately, what is decided is going to have a different effect on the world itself. If you have, let's say, a world setting where there is not any type of religion it's more philosophical thought. And it could be maybe everyone has more of an agnostic type of worldview. And so they're trying to figure out, is there a greater reality? Is there a greater purpose? And so that's the philosophy maybe. And some people are thinking, yes, there is, but we don't know what that is. So they're always trying to strive and seek the truth of whatever the universe is, or the cosmic truth, or whatever that you want to phrase it. Or maybe there's another side of that coin, which is more of a nihilistic type of uh, mindset where there is no truth. Everything is just nothing. Nothing is, you know, it's just chaos and there, you know this destruction and death and there's constant cycles. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways, like I said, you can incorporate thinking into your world setting just with basic philosophy. I mean, just to give you an example of it, you can take what the classical Greek philosophy had in the beginning, which was uh, the universe was based on four elements and those four elements interacted and how they interacted Form the reality of life, existence, and everything like that. And uh, again, I'm again paraphrasing here, kind of broadly, but the general concept was everything was made up of these little things called atoms. You know? you know, you know, sound familiar? And everything is tied together on that. And these atoms and stuff are the building blocks of, of all reality. And so these four elements were were key to the concept of existence and, and and everything that went forth from there. So it was a very simple concept in some ways. But it made a belief system, maybe you can call it maybe a religion of some sort, but it provided an explanation for reality and why they are, who they are, and what's going on, and why it's going on. So it was a, it was a belief system, it was a worldview that provided structure and substance and, and rationality to, to the world and gave something of a semblance of order and stability to main, maintain the people's lives and help them give a direction where they want to go. So that's kind of what philosophy does in a general sense. And having that as a key element of your world setting is, is is a very fun thing you can do because it also can have cultural applications. It can have a definite historical background. You can have different iterations of philosophy over the years, or maybe there's different branches or schools that develop that have a divergent point of view that maybe come together later on and form a third branch. Or you know, there's just a lot of fun stuff you can incorporate with philosophy just by looking back in our own our own history uh, on planet Earth, there's been a lot of historical and and philosophical debates, and sometimes even violently so, that have contributed to a lot of developments and thoughts and and ways of looking at the world and even uh, tying them into maybe even some religious things. So basically, there's like I said, there's an overview concept here. And what I probably didn't say up front, and I should have done that, my apologies, is you could have couple different ways you can incorporate philosophy. One is to have a, a world totally devoid of any type of religious mindset. And usually that tends to work kind of well for uh, the sci-fi type of books or the hard, hard sci-fi where people have, you know, quote-unquote evolved beyond thinking in religious terms or things like that. Or maybe they've always been a very scientific, uh, rational-minded you know, population or what have you. And they've started out developing um, that mindset and usually, not always, but usually these are more of a scientific, rational mindset. They're, they're trying to figure out what their philosophy is, how the universe works. What is the real purpose behind the universe? What is the real relation between matter and the mind? What is the real division between? Is there a spirit or is it just an illusion? You know, What is conscious? So it's, they're, they're, they're getting into more of the heavier, weightier things, but... And doing it in a rational way and, and you know, combining science and scientific method and stuff into the rationale or the, the foundations or applications of their philosophy. So that's one way to go. The other way is to have some form of religious thought and you have the ability to incorporate philosophical thinking into it. This would be different than what we talked about in the previous episodes about sex because. A sect is just a different way of adhering to your belief system. You still believe the same things for the most part. You just have a different take on what's being believed. Maybe you have a different take on how people can be find the right path to, to salvation or they can be having, you know, this is the right way to do the, the sacred ritual or something. You guys have the wrong ritual. Or this is the right form of leadership for the, the religious organization. Yours is wrong. You have a difference of a belief or, or thought process or opinion, shall we say, on how something is done, but you're not necessarily disagreeing on the core elements of the religion itself, just to, you know, the way how it's done or what, what's incorporated in it. With the philo- philosophical religious mindset is you're taking elements of philosophy and you're giving them a religious connotation or you're infusing them with religious belief. And this can be, you can incorporate that from uh, maybe a pre-established religion on your world, or you can have something completely different where the philosophy becomes the religion. And you can see that kind of in the, if you go back and study more like Gnostic thought, it has a lot of philosophical and uh, mysticism tied into it where they, they took different elements of different, Thoughts and religions and and philosophy of the day, and kind of form their own quasi-religion out of it. And I say quasi because you can follow it as a as a philosophy for a lot of things. It has a definite mystical property to it, but there's also elements in it that are very philosophical, like the division of matter and and spirit and stuff. So it's it's a way of explaining reality without getting super overly religious, if you don't want to be that way. So you could have a religion, like I said, kind of a quasi-religion, but it's more of a philosophy. And so you could see that, like again, for the previous example, maybe this culture, this group is agnostic, but they're trying to find that sacred truth. They're trying to find the sacred reality that this is, this is true, and that's the ultimate answer they're always seeking. So in that sense, it becomes more of a spiritual quest, more of a purpose in their life to find something, to do something, to get this final answer. So there's a, there's a whole concerted effort, and it's a, it's a very religious type of endeavor to find it. And when you do find it, then you have that epiphany, you have that great uh, ecclesiastical blessing, shall you say, of that insight, that knowledge, and you'll be fulfilled. So again, you can see kind of how that ties into that. Another idea would be, let's say you this philosophy is based on the concept of everything has a mathematical and a chemical equation to exist. Everything is numbers and chemicals. And so that is that is a holy sacred thing in, in this belief system, this philosophy. If you just know the right combination of numbers and the right combinations of chemicals, you can do anything. And so that becomes a quest then for mixing and matching the the perfect combination of these things. And so it becomes maybe even kind of a purpose of trying to build the right human being or the right type of creature or something by mixing the right breeding and chemicals and the right numbers and, and things, you can bring about the, the best of everything. So it becomes a, maybe a self-betterment program or a way to improve the world because you have all the answers. Or maybe you know there's other philosophies that aren't necessarily entirely religious, but you could do the, a lot of philosophies or thought processes have this where you're a sacred divine being. Okay, You start out with that premise and you just don't know it yet or you know it in part, and so the whole quest is you trying to discover who you really are. And so it's a kind of a slightly mystical, more of a philosophical approach to finding your truth, whatever that is, or whatever that means, right? And so you have to find that thing out. And then that's that's the whole thing. It's not really a religion per se because you're not really there is no deity necessarily. Because basically in one side you could say you are the deity. But on the other side you could just have a random creation of you know nothing into, into something. Like you know, the evolution concept. So you could do a lot of the blending in there too. But again, it's another idea of you, you finding your secret, sacred deity or the sacred truth within yourself. And so, it's not necessarily like so you're not bowing down and worshiping yourself. You're not building a temple to yourself or other individuals, but you are on kind of a quasi-religious or spiritual quest, trying to seek the answers for who you are, what your future is, and all that kind of fun stuff. And that, in that sense, it becomes kind of a quasi-religious experience. Other fun concepts. Well, I say fun because you know they, they could be. Is looking at philosophical ideas from a political spectrum, and I've done this uh, to some extent with uh, Trolldren actually, and uh, I've been calling the moral philosophies. And basically, it's these philosophers trying to figure out what is the best way for you know mankind or whatever people to to live and to interact. What is the best path forward? What is the best? ingredients the mixtures whatever thought processes uh, civic laws and things like that to incorporate into day to day life to to do that and so you might again this is a, this could be a very secular worldview secular philosophy because it's really just looking at what is the nature of you know for our sake let's say humans what is the nature of humans and how do they how do they interact how do they work and what is the best way to you know either curb the the negative impulses and encourage the good or, you know, put, put a program in place that provides a way for people to discover the truth and, and move forward. And so you could incorporate that into a whole bunch of different political philosophies where, you know, this is, you know, the, the philosophy that, you know, everything is controlled by a small elite group that's better, or someone's saying you're better if you're freer, or or like a combination of something of that in between where there's some control but not a whole lot or or a whole lot of different things. You could take stuff from our own uh, our own world's political philosophies and you could do some harsh stuff that's not <laughs> maybe necessarily the best or you could take some more lenient stuff and, and you know, kind of run the whole spectrum or, or blend and incorporate things you think are more applicable to your certain situation. And again, this this really fits well with the historical and cultural aspects of your world setting because a lot of these philosophies... just philosophies in general, usually have a a root uh, cause or a beginning of some sort tied around a certain event or question or identity or or challenge or problem that the individual or society is is facing. And that philosophy comes about as a means to produce a way of, of life or an answer or a solution or in the very least seek for a solution to that particular situation. And oftentimes if that original problem or challenge is no longer is no longer in existence uh, several generations down the road, the, the philosophy might still be there, it might still be the exact same, but there's also the possibility that they can change and, and develop it over time into into something else completely. Uh, an example I'll give real quicker from uh, from Trowler again is that there's a I'm not going to say too many specific things because again, I don't want to ruin future stories and like, but there there's a group of of individuals who lived more in the southern hemisphere of the planet. And there was a a social unrest or uneasiness that took place around a given point in time. And out of that came an individual who was espousing more of a communal way of life, a simplistic, uh, equal, egalitarian way of of living and and a fairer, truer way of of existence. And he put this forth and everyone thought, yeah, it's a really good idea. And he kind of went off and kind of made his own little commune and Got some followers going and stuff like that, but it's, and so often is the case when you got a lot of people involved and you got more power and influence and stuff going on, they, they got corrupted and there were some challenges and the philosophy kind of fell down and actually the guy was actually killed through some uh, issues I won't get into at the moment, but I say that to kind of say that that's kind of an example of a political moral philosophy in that it was developed to trying to try and amend. Uh, a grievance or a problem that they saw at that time, you know, the social injustices or, or problems of that day, and they, their solution was, you know, what they did. And unfortunately, or fortunately, however you looked at it, it did not uh, bear the fruit that they wanted to. But it still, still continued on. It still continued in, uh, with some followers and stuff. It just didn't have as much of a, a strong following as it originally did in the uh, in the beginning. So that could be the case with your world. Maybe there's a bunch of different philosophical thoughts. Maybe there are people that initially followed a different religion, or they got convinced it wasn't real, and so they sought philosophy instead, or maybe they blended in some philosophy to the to the religion, did some reforms. Maybe they just didn't know anything and they just thought, you know, I gotta find the truth, and they went off on this question and they just had this epiphany of their own making, or maybe a special situation happened where they got this philosophical insights. Like I said before at the intro of the episode, there's a lot of different paths you can take with philosophies. And again, it's not my job here to kind of go off every single way you can do philosophies. I mean, you can even do economic philosophies and how that is going to affect your world. And maybe people follow that as their their preferred worldview of choice or, or blend that with something else entirely. So again, there's a lot of different ways you can go on this. And there's so many divergent views. I mean, if you just look at the beginning Early beginnings of this philosophy, just classical Greece, and you see how it branched off very quickly after that. I mean, you had you had uh, Socrates, then you had Plato, and then you had Aristotle, and they kind of were at loggerheads for a little bit, and you had different divergent viewpoints from their students after time. You know, and it's just it's just a, a lot of different things that went on in history, and and some of them became interconnected, some of them just kind of stayed independent, like little subsets of of thought. But again, it just, I share this as a way to kind of give you an idea or an understanding of, of what's out there and how you can maybe incorporate it into your, your particular world setting. It'd be really interesting to have a very philosophical nation or people group in the midst of a, a rather religious world, or vice versa. You'd have a very philosophical worldview that's very more serious, rational-minded, and maybe a small group of people that are very religious, or um, maybe they used to be religion and became philosophy, or maybe it used to be philosophy and became religion. That's just some interesting dynamics you can play around with. Again, it adds a lot of historical resonance and aspects to your world setting that can encourage you to change your culture and enrich your culture and uh, history and all that kind of fun stuff that usually goes along with this. So I think with that, we'll wrap up this particular episode. Again, I'm not yeah, wish I could go into more greater detail on this guy. I do like I do like philosophy and some levels and stuff, but it's again it's such a nebulous topic, and I don't know exactly what you're doing specifically. I don't want to like waste your time saying stuff that isn't relevant to you. Just give you some basic ideas, like I keep saying about what you can do, and go on your own. I'm thinking you're pretty pretty avid in being able to check on the internet and other places and resources for studying greater in depth about philosophical ideas, or just sit down and make up some you know generic ones based on your world setting, your history, and all that kind of fun stuff too, and and go from there. So we will see you next episode when we'll talk about the last element in building a, a worldview or a mindset, if you will, and that will be a secular worldview. We'll see you then. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey, all rights reserved.